Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Between the Legs, a podcast about those in the motorcycle community and those who contribute to it. I'm your host, Sarah Taylor. In this episode, Jared talks about the DIY garage he and his friends built to foster an inviting community for the moto curious. From the sidewalk of Atlanta streets to the garages it calls home, Brother Moto serves up a comfortable place to wrench and to enjoy a specialty brew from locally roasted beans. All people are welcome. All bikes are respected. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. Jared uh, from Brother Moto, thank you for joining the podcast today. Um, I'd love to introduce you to the community, but I think you might be the best person for that job. So let us know who you are, your background as a writer, things like that. Cool. Um, Yeah, I'm Jared Erickson and I grew up in Georgia, uh, some of the suburbs uh, most of my life and then moved to the city about 10 years ago now, um, downtown Atlanta uh but just a simple country boy that <laughs> likes to <laughs> likes to hang out in the city uh got into bikes uh about the same time I moved down here um I was actually a designer uh or I've been a I'm a designer uh past 15 years or so professionally uh just running my own businesses and when I moved in the city uh got into bikes and saw it as a really cool alternative transportation and loved the idea of wrenching on it, you know, and that's kind of just where the idea of brother came about. But it's funny because I actually like never thought I would like motorcycles. I never dreamed about them, never thought twice about them, didn't know a thing about them. And um, my brother, uh, he, he was like, Hey, you want to do this? FSS course, you know, which is like a safety training course for motorcycles, you know, I'll buy you a spot. And I said, yeah. And so I went, um, you know, nervous out of my mind because <laughs> I've never even sat on a bike at that time. And um, yeah, I got hooked immediately. And from there, just, just met people in the community and kind of <laughs> kept going. And here I am with 10 broken motorcycles, you know, in my, my office space. And um yeah running a company about them so (laughs) that's incredible so your brother is the one who got you started yeah he got me inspired it's funny because it's actually not where the name brother moto comes from um that was my second guess so (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh it's actually being in the new to the city there's some mutual friends that knew I like to ride they introduced me to um, my business partner Bobby and he was also riding and stuff and and um, and another guy Brandon Turner who was like a local mechanic motorcycle guy you know it, it was kind of one of those like being in a new city when someone's like oh you ride well you should meet these people and you should meet these people and you know before you knew it we were hanging out um, you know I, I had a shed at the time and most of us were in apartments or whatever and didn't have a place to work on bikes so we'd always end up at one of our houses or sheds driveways wrenching on 
you know, old bikes and trying to, trying to make stuff run. Um, you know, that was kind of the, the inspiration behind the brand. And then the idea of like a DIY space, um, which was our first step into becoming a business. Um, yeah, we were like, you know, we have a lot more fun when we get to wrench together. Space is pretty limited here in the city. What if we like opened up a garage and, um, you know, supplied all the tools and allowed people to come in for a low monthly cost and, and wrench away. Um, so yeah, we just kind of, without knowing what we were doing, we just did it. <laughs> we, uh, we put out the idea of an event, um, based for motorcyclists called something fun. You know, we had like 300 or so people show up and that was kind of our announcement of like, Hey, we're brother moto we're this brand. Uh, we built a custom motorcycle for it that we were giving away. And we just kind of pitched the idea of like, would people be interested in a shared community garage? Yeah. From that, we got a lot of great feedback, you know, and that was six years ago. Um, and kind of motivated us to go make our own space. Uh, so we found like a crappy old building in, uh, East Atlanta village and, uh, worked out a deal with the landlord and spent a couple months scrubbing the floors and, you know, painting <laughs> the walls and not knowing a thing about zoning or, you know, what businesses are allowed and, and we cared so much about the brand side. We're like, we're going to have a little bit of retail in there, you know, selling helmets, our own gear. Um, you know, we're going to have the DIY garage and then we're planning on opening a coffee shop in there as well. Um, you know, but after opening, uh, I guess we we're open like 10 months or so in that space. And it was awesome. It was like a clubhouse, you know, in the first 10 months we had, about 200 members um, already signed up. You and your buddies, who you just met organically, like most Moto friends do. And I do have questions on the Atlanta Community Hub because I'm new to yeah. it and I need to learn. Um, <laughs> so you guys are just like wrenching in the streets of Atlanta, which if you don't know what it's like to be downtown in Atlanta, there is like next to no parking. It's like a child drew out the city street maps and <laughs> public transportation is basically non-existent aside from like, a uh, subway that only goes two directions. You're from New York. You got things going everywhere. It's, oh, yeah. yeah. We just everywhere. leave in potholes and chicken wings sitting in the road. And, you know, it's <laughs> also just, it's hot and humid, you know. And, and I think at one point I was living in a loft and, um, I mean, some friends would be, like, just out in the parking lot working on stuff. No shade, you know, and you're just drenching oh, and uh, getting sunburned and uh, motorcycles getting stolen. And, yeah, so... <laughs> So, oh, I know yeah, all so about we're... motorcycles getting stolen. That is <laughs> the worst. Yes. <laughs> so you and your buddies just decided we can't work this way anymore. We should start a garage. But your way to launch it, you know, I've I've heard of people starting garages before, and they usually just open it and invite their friends and get going. But instead, you and your friends built a custom motorcycle to get up hype, held an event, and they were like, "Oh, hey." How about a garage? Would you join then? Yeah. That's like the coolest way to open a garage. Yeah. Well, it, you know, I think a lot of it too was like, at least I was, you know, at that time I've been in the city like a year or so. It's like, you don't want someone coming into your city and being like, Hey, you know, here I am the 
to tell you how to do things or, you know, or be this, um, you know, it's like, I genuinely wanted to know the community, know who was there. Um, you know, you, you, Atlanta from the outside, all I ever saw was like the crotch rockets, you know, and, and the, the baggers, you know, so it's like, um, uh, I was like, oh, these are the only types of motorcycles that are out there. But at, at the party and event we threw, you know, we were seeing all different types, new, old, um, you know, cruisers, dirt bikes, everything showing up. And that kind of just made it real, you know, made it be something that, okay, th there are people out there that, that kind of want a community. They just didn't know where to go or where they fit in. Is that wherever. not something that already existed in Atlanta or at least um, like the metro area? Yeah, I mean, there, there's little like groups, you know, like that. Yeah. But I, I don't think they had the a way of like or a place to go, um, you know, or or feel welcomed. And uh, and that was always kind of our goal from the the beginning was like for the moto curious. So that's kind of a tagline of just anyone that's interested in bikes or haven't you know haven't really been around them. Because what's more intimidating than like, hey, I'm interested in a bike. You see a garage and you're scared shitless to like walk into <laughs> it. You know, you're, you're, you're scared to like, you don't want to just be that guy that like walks in there and like, hey, because most motorcycle garages, you get weird looks and like, what are you doing here? Um, you know, so we, we want to be really welcoming. Um, and that's kind of where the idea of the coffee aspect came in as well because we we just wanted you know what's more welcoming than a coffee shop where everyone kind of knows where they can hang out <laughs> yeah we were talking earlier um before the episode a little bit about the garage uh, what it looks like how i came right after it closed and wasn't able to see it so i've seen photos of it it looked awesome and it kind of looks like you guys had a perfect event space did you host things there as well or was it mostly just to be the shop and for coffee and things like that yeah yeah so like i i guess there's been different uh seasons of brothers like in our first space um it was small it was just the garage a little bit of retail and we hosted a lot of workshops uh or you know, some community events where it was kind of like a mini TED Talks, you know, with free beer and, and stuff like that. Um, and our awesome. second, our second space, which was uh, about double the size and had a coffee shop, we, we would host tons of events, either pop-ups with uh, a lot of mo local makers, you know, um, either food or craft leather kind of work. Um, we even had some weddings, uh, really there yeah that's <laughs> yeah, cool yeah we, we have one friend that he met his wife at our opening party in our first space and then they threw their uh um their like their basically their wedding like they went and got married at a courthouse but they came back and had a wedding party at our space um, Brother Moto is responsible for a married couple. Um, oh my god! Not gosh. even that. Then they named That's their so kid Moto. No, so they did not. They did. They did. They they were hanging out one night. They were like talking about a name, and we had a neon that said Moto, and that'd be funny if you named the Moto. Um, 
and then they did. <laughs> so, You're responsible for a family. I, I guess so. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, so you guys host these events. Now, you did mention the different spaces. I've seen in other stories that you were in one place, and then they basically decided that we don't want a garage here, and then made you guys move. Is that what happened? Yeah, so uh, like I said earlier, like we opened that first space not knowing anything about business zoning, you know, we just kind of... Yeah, there's no like starter packet for like, yeah. here's how to open a place. You know, and, and you trust your landlord who's like, yeah, you can you can run whatever here. So we're like, oh, okay. Um, but, <laughs> you know, the city of Atlanta looks at that differently. And, and specifically, it was the neighborhood we were in. They had a weird old zoning law that only allowed two repair shops in um, in that area. And there's already two garages, which we were friends with, and they totally supported us. But because of that law, you know, um, they were saying that we couldn't operate there. And that, that's where we, we threw a campaign that was uh, basically like, you know, we're not a repair shop. We're, we're trying to bring like a new wave of repair shop where it's encouraging people to work on their own bikes and, you know, and, and giving people the tools to be able to do their own work because most cities don't have enough space for that. Um, so, you know, the campaign was great. We, I think we, we had like a change.org um, uh, campaign going and I think it got almost like over 10,000 signatures on it. And, um, you know, some famous people like tweeted it out and stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, it came down one councilwoman and she was just like, nah, you know, we're not going to let you. So we could have stayed there as like just a retail store you know but and we were actually working on the coffee aspect uh, build out at that time as well so we could have stayed as coffee and just retail but we we thought the DIY garage aspect was what we were about that we didn't want to be there without that so we were able to break our lease and kind of moved on to our second space which which turned out really good um, for a while because it was twice as big we got the coffee up and running you know it was, it was on a little bit busier area uh, a lot of space for people to spread out you know it was yeah a lot of fun events and stuff as well that must have been really hard I I can't imagine being told that this thing that you've worked so hard for to create that community space because you said it did start out just a couple friends who need a comfortable place to walk in and feel like they can belong kind of at home in a garage. And then being told that that home can't live there anymore, that would break my heart. Yeah, no, it was really tough. It was a make or break point too, because it's like we were, as friends, we were still working just formal jobs and running this garage, you know, 10 in the afternoon to 10 at night, most days, you know, not getting paid. Like we we're trying to dump all the money back into the company. Um, you know, to pay the rent and pay the overhead and buy new product and all that stuff. And, and to be told like, Hey, you can't <laughs> do this here, but we believe in it, but you can't do it, you know? And um, yeah, so it's, it, that was, I guess, lesson number one, as far as like, don't trust your landlord and, and make sure to check the zoning and make sure to, you know, 
the city understands what you're trying to operate and um, yeah, so you can actually do business there. So you guys are about to move into your third home, right? Yeah. So right now, I mean, so we were in this last space for about four years um, and yeah, four and a half years. And it was, it was getting expensive. Um, like the, the area kind of blew up, um, you know, while we were there and rent kept going up and up and our lease was coming to an end. Uh, anyway, so it was kind of the, like, do we stay, do we go? Um, at this point it was also the other two business partners had left. Uh, so it was just me and I just kind of had the gut feeling of like, I think it's time to look for different locations. Uh, you know, and this was back in April or so. And so it was right before the COVID stuff hit, you know, and I kind of, already made a decision like let's have one last party and you know i'll be looking for new locations and then the whole COVID situation hit and luckily i mean kind of worked out in our favor because we were able to get out of our lease uh and not have that overhead you know during this time yeah but but still it was it was heartbreaking because i probably would already have another space open at this point but now i'm holding off you know to see what happens um to to just see what the real estate does you know uh see where everyone's mindset is but I do miss having a place to hang out with everyone I I feel like even if we had a space we couldn't do it the way I want to um you know or operate in the way that I want to so uh just kind of holding off on that but we we weren't able to have like our you know six year like throw down party or anything and it was kind of just like a slow like close and then I think some people don't even know we're closed you know because of uh, all the quarantine and everything your just, comeback party is gonna be insane then <laughs> yeah I hope so I you know and and, and too it's, if, if we don't open in the same way I still want brother to be like a a brand that that puts community first um you know, by doing events and throwing, you know, special rides and, and stuff like that. So um, it, it's always going to be about the community and about, you know, getting riders out there and giving them the tools they need to, you know, to feel safe or to feel like they own their bike or um, other people to, to ride with. But it's, it's, it's honestly been a pretty nice break for me, you know, the last five months or so just to be able to it back and, and really analyze everything as well. So what have you done in that time? Because I know you mentioned you had like 12 employees before this and now you're down to you plus one uh, trying to restructure all of Brother Moto into this new place and thing that you can't even really grasp because COVID is still going on. Yeah. Um, that's got to be a lot all in one how are you doing that right now yeah um you know it's i immediately focus back on the the online presence you know and the brand just to be able to be able to make money to you know survive so um you know redid the website as fast as i could uh and and kind of 
worked on some new merchandise and continuing to work on, on new stuff. And we've had awesome support from, you know, the local community and then just the nationwide. And I mean, we, sh- we ship worldwide now. So, um, so that, that's been a big priority, you know, but we also went from a 6,000 square foot building to now our office is about 1500 square feet. So I had a, <laughs> I've been selling a lot of stuff and, you know, and, and packing, I, I've got behind me, I've got probably 30 crates of tools that I'm going through and, and trying to figure out what to do with, you know, and, and the goal is still to open up something. So it's like, what do I hold on to? What do I know just to go ahead and get rid of, um, you know, so it's, it, it, I feel like a hoarder in a way and just trying to organize <laughs> everything and, <laughs> and, and sell stuff off, you know, that I can. Um, but yeah, that and just planning and then, you know, just kind of allowing myself to take the time to, to process a lot, you know, cause in a way it's, it's, I don't want to say it's like a breakup, but it's hard to explain how, you know, in April and everything, like, how good things were going. Like I just saw like a positive trajectory, you know, before uh, the whole COVID thing. Uh, so it, it, it's kind of a little bit of a bummer, but I, I feel like it's a necessary re- reset for a lot of us too. Uh, to kind of sit back and, you know, take some time, but I'm actually hitting the road uh, in about 48 hours to go right out <laughs> West. So <laughs> where are you heading? Things. Um, so me and a buddy will be trailering out to Colorado, um, and then we'll be riding, uh, from Colorado through Moab and to California and up to San Francisco and just all over the place. Kind of planned, but not super planned. You know, it's just, the goal was just to see his brother in San Francisco and, you know, it's going to turn into a lot of camping and just just good riding so that'll be a nice little little reset <laughs> of the mind well now's the time to do it especially if Definitely. you're trying to take that you know personal time to put your mindset in the right place to do those next steps and you've just spent the last you said six years running brother moto i'm sure you had very little time between that and doing all your digital work to actually have like full riding breaks so yeah yeah yeah, that, and that's the tough thing is, you know, when you're running something like that, it's like, even when I am writing, it's like, okay, how do we create content, which I do love that aspect of, but sometimes you just want to like, ride, because that's what you enjoy, you know, and, um, and just go out and ride with buddies, you know, instead of making it some kind of event where everyone and anyone's coming. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to just having a little bit of my own time. <laughs> How often did you find yourself in that struggle between brand and content creator versus like an everyday writer who can just hang out in brother moto without being in charge of everything? Yeah, that that's a great question. Cause it was impossible. <laughs> you know, it, it, <laughs> um, it, yeah. it, cause I don't know if it's just the way I am as a person. It's just like, I'm always thinking of like ideas or like, how can we create something from whatever we're doing? And it really, it was tough for me not to be authentic at times. And it's like, I, I want to be authentic person and 
you know, be riding and be working on bikes because that's what I enjoy, you know. So I think there was a lot of internal struggle of, of am I doing this because I want other people to see it or I want, you know, this or I'm doing it for the brand or am I doing it because I love it, um, you know, but I I'd probably get emails weekly, you know, um, of people wanting to like open up a DIY garage and, you know, asking questions and stuff. And I, I don't think people understand how hard it is and how it's not a financially lucrative business model uh, for the most (laughs) part, you know, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's a, you know, I, I think there's ways and, it really depends on where you are. Um, you know, I think being in a bigger city, uh, you're going to have higher rent. So much of it is just your overhead, but it's, it's, it's not as easy and as fun as it looks all the time, you know, and that's, that's something I always try to say is like, if motorcycles are truly your passion, don't start a business. <laughs> with mo- <laughs> You know, don't, it's like, that's the quickest way to ruin it. But, but at this, you know, it, catch 22 is it's like i i still love them and i still want to work on them it's you got to set those like hard boundaries where you get that time for yourself to recharge and remember why you're doing it um it's yeah i totally understand why there's those grumpy motorcycle mechanics because <laughs> <laughs> if i had to deal with engines all day every day there's no yeah. way i'd be a happy person <laughs> For sure, I'm like for trying sure. to uh, build one now. And first of all, I don't know anything about building. I can do all <laughs> the basic stuff, like changing my oil, um, putting on uh, a new handlebar, things like mm-hmm. that, changing a tire. But breaking open an engine is really cool, taking it apart. Putting it back together is like the yeah. hardest <laughs> puzzle I've ever done. And you got to do it professionally and with friends and yeah, in a space that you like, have to you know, we had really great employees that you know cared about uh the coffee side of it and cared about you know keeping the place looking clean and, and great because it's it's tough to imagine sharing a garage with a hundred plus strangers you know it's <laughs> tough to keep it tidy and most people can't keep their own garage straight so you know had an awesome team that really saw the need to like keep it organized, keep it clean and safe, you know, for everyone. Were your team members or were they outside of the community or within the community? How did that work? Uh, There's a little bit of both. Like some members became employees, you know, they were um, one of my buddies, Drew, he was a member and became an employee. Now he's a really good friend and we go do fun, crazy things, you know, and, um together and then uh we've had some that were employees never rode a bike you know before to becoming buying their first bike and then basically as an employee you're a member you know you get get to do whatever (laughs) you want but um yeah but it was really cool just seeing some people that didn't even know they had the interest in a bike to then getting a bike and then just loving you know the whole lifestyle and um, ability to go ride around like that it is, it does change people. And that's one thing that's been fairly consistent about everyone that I talk to is, you know, while it means something slightly different to everyone, it all holds like that same truth of like freedom and opening yourself up and trying new things. But Mm -hmm. 
does writing do any one particular thing for you? Uh, I think it's one of the, the only times I can know I can't do other things. <laughs> Maybe, you know, <laughs> like if, if I'm writing, I'm like, I'm can't think about making a phone call. Can't, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty surreal, you know, time for me in the city. It's pretty stressful because you're watching out for cars hitting you. And, um, but I, I, I really love riding in the dirt, uh, doing dual sport types of rides or oh, cool. traveling through the, the woods. So, you know, it's, I always get, I can still smell like the morning mountain smell and, you know, and the wind hitting you and, Whenever I need to like go to my happy space, that's that's what I think about. You know, just the not the city noise and not the people being able to bother you or ask you questions. You're just kind of you and your bike, and that's all you got to focus on. Will you be taking a dual sport bike on your upcoming Colorado trip? Yeah. So um, I I'm trying to say how to put this. Um, so Triumph motorcycles they're actually local uh their northeast headquarters are here in georgia um and so they were kind enough to uh give me and my buddy uh their new tigers which is their dual sport bikes uh, just kind enough here yeah, you go <laughs> <laughs> well and by give i mean we'll be leaving them in colorado for them so it's more where their transportation to get them out to colorado but um yeah but they're kind of enough to let us take those out to try them so how does one get friends like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i atlanta's a small city so especially if you ride you get to kind of know everyone in in those industries but um yeah they they were awesome they also they um right before we closed they left a scrambler and the new rocket um at the shop for any of our members to take out and ride. So, you know, our, our members were like taking the, the rocket's like a 2,500 CC, uh, you know, cruiser ish style bike. It's like a car engine, but, uh, yeah. So our members had a blast taking those out and riding them around the city. That's a nice little perk. Hey, come to mm-hmm. our garage. We've got fun bikes to play with. By the way, they're from Triumph. You can buy them over there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Actually, on the Atlanta community, so you've been in Atlanta for 10 years, you know, being a part of the community, both pre and during and post uh, um, Brother Moto. Not that there's a post, just the COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is it like down here? Because I realize I don't aside from you now I don't really know any writers in Atlanta my community is back in New York so Mm -hmm. how does someone here meet people and what is that community like yeah um you know I think yeah I kind of mentioned before there there's like a huge crotch rocket scene uh and I'm probably offending them by calling them crotch rockets like that but you know sport bike scene (laughs) and like uh and huge kind of like bagger scene um but there's also just a big bike lover scene um you know aside from brother there's a group called terminus um they're on facebook and uh you know you got your grumpy guys you got your nice guys but everyone generally loves to ride um 
and they do a bike night on Thursday nights. Uh, I think they've changed around a couple locations since the whole COVID thing. Um, and then we were putting on a bike night every Tuesday night. Um, and you know, that, that was always like, Hey, if you're new to riding or something, just come hang out. Like you're going to meet people. Um, you know, and that's, what I loved about brother too, is most of the people that I know and the groups of friends, it's like, I saw those relationships start at the shop and, you know, and now they're out there riding and making their own plans and doing their own stuff. And, you know, it's like, it was really cool to be part in making those connections. Um, you know, so I'm, that's why I'm hoping to throw a bike show next year. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably continue the Tuesday bike nights. Um, maybe do a few in the fall here, but you know, just try to get riders back together. And because it's it's not always about selling T-shirts or selling things. It's like about making people feel connected and having cool experiences. Yeah, it was kind of sad to see COVID uh, stop a lot of events, and then <laughs> Sturgis. Everyone who still decided to go to that was a whole disaster. No, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, and usually, like, uh, so there's one called Barber uh, Vintage Festival in Alabama, and mm-hmm. each year we would rent out like ten spots and you know get groups to go. Uh, that just got canceled though, as well. So oh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a it's been a great year to ride, but a pretty crappy year to like just gather, you know, together. So that's all right. It's better to be healthy and safe, and then yeah, we'll get together <laughs> next year, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> so the um the the bike show that you want to put on, do you have any? Obviously, you're still in planning stages, but yeah. uh, do you have any ideas of what you want that to be? Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, so. Atlanta hasn't really had like a custom bike show, you know, um, there's a couple like motorcycle, what's it called? Like the motorcycle show. And it's, it's a very corporate, you know, all the corporate sponsors and it's a trade show. I just went to that this year. It was very, okay. like they had a showing for everyone who built bikes, but yeah. the majority of it was like a sales department almost for mm. just a bunch of bike brands, which, you know, it's yeah. cool, but at the same time, like, yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and that's it has you know it's demographic and stuff and yeah I just I just want to get more of like the local builders or like the garage builders or you know whatever um and been working with a brewery on one of our coffee drinks we're turning into a can drink um with this oh no way so we also want to do a beer with them and probably do it at their brewery and just just have a good reason to get together, you know, and, and see some cool bikes and, you know, a way for motorcyclists to get back together. But um, yeah, no, no definite date, you know, we've been in talking stages and, but we also just don't know when we can safely all get back together. So <laughs> it is a bit ambiguous on that date right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your coffee the drinks that you guys make, they're all espresso based, right? Yeah, for the most part. Uh, we used so that that was another learning experience was just um we first were using a company from San Francisco called Cyclast for our coffee and it was awesome, but we kept hearing, you know, like 
is this a local company? And we're like, no, you know, so we were having people visit us and they want to try something from Atlanta. So we decided to switch to uh, radio roasters, which is, is like a local uh, roasting company that we like their branding and, you know, the people that work there. And so we've been working with them now for five years and um, we've done a couple of our own roasts through them. And yeah. Um, yeah. We just, we, we, it's funny because we kept getting feedback that like, oh, your coffee is actually good. <laughs> you know, people, <laughs> people are coming into a garage. It to taste like diesel. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's actually, you know, we, and that was, we hired actually the one employee I still have, Zach, we hired him because he loved coffee and, you know, he, he built out an incredible coffee program for us and took it seriously and trained our baristas you know, excellent where it's like we've had a legit coffee shop and, you know, and drinks people like. Um, so, yeah. So the, the one we're coming out with is called the Lemonator and it's a lemonade coffee drink. And it's, it sounds weird, but like we've canned it uh, a couple of times and gotten really good feedback. So we're going to try to get that into grocery grocery stores and stuff as well that actually sounds right up my alley lemon <laughs> since i was a kid has been consistently one of my favorite flavors like in sweets <laughs> in water i even love the smell of like lemon pledge I'm like oh, <laughs> well i'll have to get you a case because it's i mean i can i haven't had one in a few months and i can still like it's got a perfect zestiness and a little bit of a kick from the coffee so i had no uh, idea you guys did your own roasting i knew you worked with um, you worked with a local company, but I didn't know you actually like did roast with them. Do they have yeah. like moto names as well or? Yeah. So we did like, um, you know, and, and they, they were the ones like, we just kind of gave the ideas and Zach would go like check on the roast and stuff and they did it in their stuff, but we had our own bags. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, we, we had like the DIY coffee, you know, which was one you could buy to do at your house. Um, and uh, we have one right now it's just called the Nice Beans. And it's just kind of like a Guatemalan general coffee, you know. So I, it's something it's like I want to continue incorporating the coffee aspect in the brand. Um, you know, even playing around with just opening a coffee shop kind of space, you know, without the garage. Um because zoning is a lot easier if you separate the two. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, but love that aspect of it. Wow. So from wrenching in the streets of Atlanta to starting your own garage to wrenching on your own bikes to being a content creator to starting a shop to opening a coffee shop to curating your own coffee, and then now you're in talks for not only an event, but also to do a beer with a local brewery. You've done a lot. <laughs> well, thanks. I, it felt like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, uh, yeah, definitely feeling it. But um, yeah, but it's, 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 it's fun being able to, you know, they be your own boss. And, you know, it's, it's fun to be able to wake up and just figure out things to do um, and go and, make them and <laughs> make stuff happen <laughs> it's weird <laughs> I mean and you just find interest in it and then it seems like 
you follow through with it because it's something you want to give other people, not something you necessarily are doing for yourself. And more consistently, people find success when they are doing it for other people. So that's pretty cool. Do you have any um, any messages for your your members because I know they're all probably hoping that you come back soon I know I and that's we still have like the membership email um going and you know every once in a while someone's like man when we open it back up like I need to change my oil <laughs> or you know um yeah it's it's, it's I, I do I'm, I do miss them and I do um you know hope there's a time that we can make something happen again I'm hoping next year is completely different and, you know, we can come back and kick some butt. You can check out our website at brothermoto.com or on Instagram at brother underscore moto. Um, I don't know why I can't just get brother moto. I had to do the (laughs) underscore. So um, anyone at Instagram, if you want to fix that, let me know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But uh, yeah, check out there. We, that's where we update with any kind of events. Uh, we do have a pop-up at uh, our friend's coffee shop uh, down the road called uh, Victory Coffee and Calamity, or VCC for short. So we have some of our retail goods and stuff in there. Um, but yeah, I think just, you know, get yourself a bike, get dirty, and have fun. <laughs> It is so much fun, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have you seen uh so my buddy Drew I was talking about earlier, whenever it rains really hard in Georgia, um or in Atlanta, there's a tunnel called called the Crog Street Tunnel and it floods uh with the rainwater and whatever else is in there. It's probably disgusting. But uh <laughs> we got the idea to tie a rope to the back of my bike and he got wetsuit on and surfboard and <laughs> we got going back and forth in this tunnel because uh, no cars were allowed through and got some pretty cool video of uh him surfing the Krog Street tunnel so yeah I'm gonna have to find that video <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for something to watch it's it's pretty entertaining I think the news like I think the news was coming out there anyways but they caught us you know, doing it. And it was, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I've never done that. I have been like mudding in a truck and okay. I've ridden like a uh, dirt or track like after rain. So I'm yeah. a little comfortable, but you know, turning it into an opportunity to surf mud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've done that before. <laughs> well, you'll have to try it. <laughs> well, thanks Jared. I appreciate you being here today. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys reopen. Thank you. Appreciate it.